Mr. A here, saying, how y'all doing? Yo! Are you ready to rumble? Or should I say tumble? Cause I don't stumble, I bumble like a cracker Brian Crumble. Standing on the ground, flat feet, burn, killing worms and drugs. Welcome to the Rumble. We are back and better than ever helping you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. We don't want you sucker punched, so we are here each and every week helping you keep your guard up. I am the mouth of the South, Jeremy Lavelle, with Remedy Claims Consulting. Alongside me is Mr. Brent Hooper of Max Claims out of Baltimore, Maryland. We just call him the Beast of the East and the ever-lovely... The cautiously charismatic and sagaciously salacious, <laughs> the love of my life, the one and only. Hi. <laughs> <Miss Donald Bell. laughs> salaciously salacious. Sagaciously salacious. You, know, you, you reminded me. <laughs> yeah, sagaciously salacious. Um, dude, you reminded me of the beginning of V for Vendetta. When he he does he does that whole like monologue and it's uh, uh, an alliteration of V words. Uh. Oh yeah, You're welcome. Well, I try. I do what I can. Yeah, I absolutely. That was the end of my story. Oh, that was <laughs> that was the end of my story. That's a good story. I, Tell it again. I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It blew past me at ninety miles an hour. <laughs> so <laughs> we have big news. 214 members in our Facebook group. That's incredible. I am super stoked about yep. that. We have some notable people that just joined. TJ McCormick just joined our group. Oh, big shout out to TJ. That's uh, that's Roofer.com, right? That's yep. who he is. Right. Yep. Okay. Who else Who else has uh, joined the ranks of the pain of the claim? Miss Sarah Parker. Miss Sarah Parker. Mr. Matt Mulholland. The hat, and I think in the last—I think that's it in the last couple of days. Man, you know, speaking of Matt, you know, have you seen Brent? Have you seen his uh, like his advertisements for the uh, how to beat the engineer courses that he does in sort of this retro style? I, I love guess. It. I can I don't know what you call it. I don't know why I think it's, it's like a, a vintage bar- vintage boxing. Yeah, it's like a vintage boxing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yes, yes, I have seen. I that. think that is brilliant. I by the way, that. I think it is it is super awesome the stuff that he's done there. He is. Uh, he's he's a clever he's a clever guy. That's for sure. He's he's a a very smart individual. Well, um, so Leroy Raffle, the co-founder of Arby's, has died. We have uh, Arby's is <laughs> well. That's a Arby's is my jam. Yeah, yeah. I Bing Rames is the uh, is the voice behind the Arby's. But <laughs> my again. favorite, my favorite Rames <laughs> line. We have the meats. Yeah. We have the meats. But my favorite Bing Rames line <laughs> is this: You hear me talking, hillbilly boy? I ain't through with you by damn sight. <laughs> That was good. So, a moment of silence for the for the co-founder of Arby's. Okay. <laughs> That's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, guys, today we're going to be talking about various forms of collaboration. It's going to come to you in three 15-minute rounds when you hear this sound. It is the beginning of the round, and when you hear this sound... 
It is the end of the round. Now, remember, Brent and I are not in an argument. It is not a debate show. It is more of a discussion and kind of an open conversation between us. As always, we love to hear your comments. Please drop them below. If you have any questions concerning what we talk about, we look forward to hearing it. If you hear anything cool at all, it is not brent or myself it is baby cakes over there making us sound absolutely amazing which i completely and totally appreciate we could not do this without her so i'm gonna let you know that round one starts right after this Military veterans and first responders need our help. Many of them have trouble transitioning to civilian work and life, but they can thrive in meaningful and rewarding careers. Veterans Claim Victory is a 501c3 nonprofit helping veterans and first responders transition to civilian work in the insurance claims industry. We can reach many of these heroes and assist in education, training, job placement, and support regardless of the insurance claim career that they choose. For more information please guys visit veteransclaimvictory.org round one collaborating with experts so brent how many i mean how, yeah i'll start um how often do you bring in experts into a claim does it need to be complicated do you do it on simple ones tell us kind of where you use them and how so i'm going to start with i think the word expert i think we talked about this a little bit but in a different context in a in a prior episode but i think expert is sort of a it's a weird word that is often used out of context um in in my corner of the world i i consider anyone that knows a lot more about a particular thing than me, a viable resource, right? Um, now, in the claims process, you know, generally someone that's licensed, insured, bonded, they are credentialed in some sort of way to perform a particular labor burden is someone that in my mind qualifies expert. Again, I'm not, I'm going to try to steer clear of that word for right this minute, but I will seek out anyone at any time that I think knows more about a particular topic than me. Um, you know, whether that's a general contractor, a plumber, an electrician, you know, any sort of tradesman, a carpenter. Um, Your dad. You know, I bring them. I, I will talk to sort of, yeah, my my dad. I, you know, and it's funny because see. Again, it's like this is such a broad thing and it's such an interesting topic because I feel like on some level in our industry, the word expert carries some sort of um, some sort of weight. And, you know, me bringing an expert into a claim doesn't mean or me me consulting with a quote expert doesn't mean that, you know, I had said person produce a 30 page report on the claim. Me consulting an expert might consist of calling two or three plumbers that I know, sharing a couple photos with them and just getting an opinion to help me contextualize what it is that I'm trying to accomplish. So that's my initial answer. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly consulting, you know, trade specific individuals, you know, on claims. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of what showed up for me. What do you think? Well, what I think you've opened up is a can of worms on, 
you know, different sort of expert resources <laughs> is really than just experts. You know what I'm saying? So you can get, there's these resources that we use that contain a level of expertise that may not be something that I put in writing or submit official, official document with, but maybe it's just an expert that helps me have a better understanding of what's going on within either the project, the claim or whatever the case may be. Sometimes that expert is an attorney that I have a really good relationship with that I can literally pick up the phone on a Sunday and call the guy and go, Hey, I've got a quick legal question. And he's like, shoot, hit me with it. You know? And, and I value that sort of thing so that I know exactly, you know, that it it helps me know how to behave. Like I, I, and I even text the guy a lot of times. And, and for those of you who might know who he is, it's Scott Hunziker. He has helped me out on a ton of claims. And he's also there as an incredible resource and an expert that may never end up in a claim file, but it helps me with my understanding of what's going on. So there's that category. Then there's the, then there's the little spare time. Can I, can I interject? Really quick. Sorry. I'm really sorry. Cause you, you just distinguish, you just cleared something up for me, which is sort of distinguishing between what I kind of think about as an expert, which is like, you know, are they writing a report on their letterhead? That's going to show up in my claim file when by and large, the vast majority of sort of investigating or resource pooling that I do is just like, it's the general knowledge stuff to like help contextualize the particular loss that I'm working on. So thank you for doing that. Cause you just sort of cleared it up in my head. Anyway, continue. Like there's, there well, is a I, delineation I, there. Right, 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 right. And so sometimes that expert is for my own personal edification and understanding. Okay. Then I have the category of the, what, what I call, um, I was going to refer to it as the spare tire the spare tire guy. And, and, you know, and what I mean by spare tire is, is it's not necessarily anything you want to lead with on every sort of situation, but it's really great when you've got them because they can get you out of a bind pretty quickly. And that, and that's kind of where I throw the category of my dad. Now I I used to say all the time that if he can't fix it, it didn't broke. And generally by and large, if he can't fix it, it's not that it's not broke, it's that we didn't have any duct tape or bailing wire around. Do you know what I mean? And that's the only reason he can't fix it. So, I mean, he can even fix something that isn't broke with duct tape. It's incredible. Um, I, I've, I've seen him shove, you know, get cars started with a gum wrapper. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he's crossing the, the old school solenoid back in the day, you know, to start. It was just, I mean, he just does these amazing things. It's like this car has no business turning over, but he's the expert that can get it done in sort of that weird, funky kind of way. And you understand it's like, okay, that's going to work. And so you've got that category of expert. And then you've got the one that does the more formal. I'm going to write you a report or a protocol. And these are our findings. And here is the degree followed by the stamp and all of the reasons you should listen to me, you know, and, and then there's that guy. I find myself using the latter of those categories less and less and less. And it is more, I I bring them in when it is clear that it is going to have to be there for the carrier to accept it. You know what I mean? When you get into those situations where you can't just pump, you know, 190 line items into Xactimate, and spit out a number, and that's what they're going to take. 
You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's more complicated than that. And I could get into some case studies on this, but I, you know, that is way out of the depth of what Xactimate is intended to do or Symbility or even just, you know, your general everyday contractor. You know what I'm saying? It's just a little bit deeper and a little bit more complicated than that. And when you have those and how you bring them in and get those relationships built um, is, is tricky for a public adjuster because by and large, those costs are not, you know, paid for, you know, and you might be able to get them covered by the carrier, but a lot of times they'll stare you in the face and go, it's your job to prove the loss and the expenses they're in. So, you you just you just hit like another trigger. It's funny because we're so used to the insurance companies, you know, sort of pulling in a, an engineer. It's kind of the go to. Well, that's our expert and that's our report and that's what we're doing. And there's nothing you can do about it. like we're so kind of used to that. And we all know that, you know, they're paying Eddie engineer from xyz firm to come out and you know they're paying them a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks or two thousand whatever it is a couple thousand bucks to come out and write their thing and you know and by and large like 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 you just said it's on a claim to claim basis depending on the situation well those proceeds aren't always like readily available you know, could we throw a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks or, or whatever on every claim to bring in some quote unquote expert to stamp a report? I I guess. But you know, who's paying for it and is it necessary? You know, and so I think that's a really probably a topic for a different episode, but that's a really interesting sort of conundrum. We're used to an engineer being referred to as an expert, like a subject, and, and they're not. Like the term expert right. to me is uh, uh, is ruined. You know what I mean? Like it's lost its luster. And I, I blame insurance companies for that. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, it can get expensive, I think is the point. One of the points I was getting at is just it can it can become very cost prohibitive to, you know, bring in three or four people on every interior water loss to, to write a report. <laughs> it's It's not really practical. So... So what's the number one reason, Brent? Let me just ask you this question. I mean, and there's no trick questions here, and I'm not trying to be coy, but what's the number one reason a carrier hires an expert? I'll give you my answer, and I'll give you their answer. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Their answer is so they can do a thorough and complete investigation and, quote, get it right. My answer is so they can get a report written that in some form or fashion either provides the basis to deny or limit coverage and or deny or limit coverage that's already been extended. In other words, if they've already extended coverage, they get a report to come out that, you know, get a report populated that says, hey, this is due to something that's not covered. And therefore, the insurance company turns around and says to the homeowner, hey, we already did you this favor of paying you X, Y, and Z. But unfortunately, you know, this isn't even a covered loss. So that's my answer. Well, I think it's the latter that I'm wanting to point at is is what we, and by and large, what I believe that I think is true. But unfortunately, even the de- even the people you're talking to at the carrier, which I believe are good people just trying to do their job, Really and truly. Um, and I think yes, that that's... Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. 
I, I don't think that there is any malintent by any of these guys when they say they're going to send out an engineer because I believe in some kind of way they actually think that that engineer is going to come back with the truth. And we know yeah. that's not the case. You know, and and this is yeah. what this is what further See, I, I have lately started stating that I don't believe that carriers are training their adjusters. They're indoctrinating them now. They used to train them. They trained me. And I know what I, I still apply, the things that I learned in that training, my entire approach and understanding of how claims work and how an estimate works and you know the all of the different things that we do that seems to be so widely accepted and best I can tell fairly accurate process of handling claims you know that that still applies to how I do it as a public adjuster but what I'm seeing now is is they're they're not trained anymore they're indoctrinated and so they're they're telling them that this is the way that it gets done and then if you can't get it done this way, then you go ahead and send out an engineer. And in their head, it comes back, well, that's exactly what I thought. The engineer agrees with me. I'm thinking the right things here. Based on what I was trained, the engineer found the same exact information. And they think that they are this unbiased third party that is going out. But that is not the case. I have found that the only reason a carrier would even hire an engineer is they think that they are going to need a substantial amount of proof to support their coverage decision that is a denial. So they are making sure that they have the optics, the optics of conducting a full and complete investigation by hiring what is now bastardized the word experts by hiring this bastardized version of an expert to create a report in which they have absolutely no authority to speak to. And, and now we have this report. We've further indoctrinated the ignorant. And now they think the way that they think it is right. And they become more emboldened in their error. And that is what is happening by and large, which sounds wildly philosophical. And so you go from there, Brent, and I'll let you take the last two minutes of this round because that is what fires me up the most right there. Yeah. And, and so, so here's the thing in effort to, I guess, kind of button it up, collaborating with experts or I'll, I'm going to rename this segment, you know, how to effectively resource pool, right? Great, great resource. The scenario that you the the scenario that you just described is so common that it it's it almost it it feels reflexive, man. It's like breathing. Like you know, you go through the process, and the carrier does what they're going to do. And so, anyway, it's interesting because the more the more I run into it, the more that I find these reports are so easy to discredit. And the point of this episode wasn't to talk about engineers. Is to talk about effectively right. resource pulling. And so, you know, whether they get brought in on a structural loss, a water loss, a, a freaking roof claim or, or whatever, when the carrier brings in their person, make sure that you've got the resources around you to actually run it through some sort of professional testing. And you don't need 37 reports to prove it, right? It's 
make sure that, and, and by the way, if you don't have it, then pick up the phone and call some people. Hey, I'm a public adjuster. This is who I am. This is what I do. I was wondering if I could set up a meeting. I'm looking for a second opinion. Be surprised how many service providers are looking to network and reciprocate, um, you know, efforts and services. But um, the resource pulling is is imperative and it doesn't always need to show up in the form of being on letterhead or in, in some formal email. Right. So that was the most brutal timer. But to kind of button up what you were saying there, Brent, that I just want to put a bow on this thing, if we will. I, I just, I just want to, you know, as far as resource pooling goes, I think that that's the point. Is is that is that we learn how to adequately and accurately gather these things as we begin to gather, uh, you know, information that we're going to present to the carrier, or whether we're going to, um, you know, it helps in our strategy and our approach and our conceptual understanding of how this stuff all gets completed. You know, so carpet goes in different than tile. What are the differences that go on there? And I realize that's simplistic, but that's my point. So. But we'll get into some other stuff about how we, how we, I, and I think strategy, you know, how we come up when we, when we uh, collaborate with others, um, strategy becomes a very important part. And I am going to get into that because round two starts right after this. When choosing someone to help with your online marketing, make sure you go with someone that has years of experience. Our good friend Sally at Thrive has over 20 years of digital marketing experience. She can build you a beautiful 15-page sleek, interactive website, post on your social media platforms multiple times a week. She can do a video, an amazing CRM to manage and uh, maintain and nurture your clients, text, email marketing, review generation, a business listing on 60 plus search engines, including three voice networks, appointment scheduling, estimates, invoices, payment processing, and more. She will also create for you on uh, on Google, a Facebook page, in Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you need these for your businesses, she'll, she'll help you create those pages on all of those sites. If you already have these pages, she'll optimize them for you as well. Call or message Sally today. If you want to get started, you can reach her at 214-789-1651. Again, her name is Sally Brigance. Her number is 214-789-1651. And uh, you'll also get a landing page the day you sign up. When you send her a referral that signs up with her, she'll credit your billing account. Logos are also available. Um, and she also offers a lead generation service and SEO search engine optimization where she can uh, guarantee you to appear on the first page of Google or your money back. It is spelled T-H-R-Y-B. And you can find my good friend Sally Brigance, and that's spelled S-A-L-L-I-E. Brigance, B-R-I-G-A-N-C-E, and she can be reached once again at 214-789-1651. Round two, collaborating with other public adjusters. Brent, you and I have been collaborating with each other for three years, and it is... Yeah. 
it is it has been one of the most beneficial professional relationships that I think I have ever had in my life. I would say that. And I, you know, you're not going to find it just anywhere. I mean, we we got really lucky, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes. Unequivocally. And when we decide to and so I I like bringing you in on my claims because I think I, I go back to a story and I'm actually still working this claim right now um, where the desk adjuster just completely ignored the mold protocol. And I was ready to rip the ceiling fan out of the ceiling because I was just so freaking angry at the obtuseness of this individual to to do it this way. And it's like, my God, what are you thinking? Anyway, long story, long story short, you I wanted to take them to appraisal. I had Brent all keyed up, ready to take them to appraisal. And I was like, just we're going to go in there and just get this thing over with. Let's get it done. And Brent was like, oh, hang, hang on a second, man. Slow your roll. Who is not emotionally attached or angry at this person, mind you. And gave me a lot of really good clarity and just told me to fire off a two-sentence email. How do you expect us to do that when this is the protocol? What's what's your plan here? And I essentially did that. And the entire thing, so the entire mold portion of it got approved with that email, which I was happy about. And all of these things essentially got accepted. And now we're working with the rest of the claim and and they're ready to start construction on it, blah, blah, blah. The point is, is that it was the collaboration with a guy that completely understood the position I was in, understood why I was angry or frustrated or whatever you may call it but really was the voice in what was going on and kept this claim from getting really ugly just with a two-line email that I was too mad to think about writing. And I think when we can collaborate with other public adjusters, especially if you've got that guy in your world, man, it is super beneficial. I'm going to tell you that. I could not agree with you more. Um, it's, It's in anything. It's in any, any profession, you know, um, when you, when you have people around you and look, everybody, everybody says mentor up and, and I'm a firm believer in all that. We're not necessarily talking about mentors. We're, we're talking about like that peer to peer sort of relationship where, you know, I, I don't even know how many claims for me you've settled. You know, like, I, honestly, like, you know, I probably don't either. Right. When we're, yeah, yeah, yeah it, dude, it's just like the things that we spitball about, we might talk about it today and it manifests itself two months from now. Like it, it's kind of one of those things. And, and I guess if there's a point to what I'm saying, it's like, I kind of get a sense in our industry that a lot of PAs look at other PAs as their competition more so than an opportunity to learn and and work together. I know that sounds sort of, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Utopic. But, I mean, what's there, like 50,000 PAs in the country or some some stupid low number like that? Like, Hey, Donna, I mean, if you get a chance, can you look up real – can you Google something for us? How many – I mean – Bigger, large number, whatever. How many homeowners claims were filed in the United States last year? 
And remember, some so, of those some of those fifty thousand collaborated. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry, we've got a weird delay. Yeah, I, dude, it, I, it's it's just no, no, it, dude, you're you're. So my thing is, is like you know, obviously you and I collaborate all the time, and Alex, and you know, we there's probably about I don't know five or six of us that all talk. Like if if I don't talk to you, then I'm talking to Alex or Wade or this person. You know, it's. And we all talk to each other. And and if you don't, if I don't answer my phone, then you end up talking to one of those guys before you talk to me. And hell, sometimes I talk to all four of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but the thing is, it, it's not, it, it's, it's in large part, we all fly under different banners. You know, we, we you, you know, you don't work for me and I don't work for you. But the benefit is the litmus test, you know? In most instances, in less than 120 seconds, I can explain a scenario and you can give me some sort of launch pad. And I would say that about any of the guys or gals that, you know, we talk to. And so if you're a PA and listening and you don't kind of have those people, you know, we have our Facebook group, like Jeremy and I try to make ourselves readily available. And it's not, we're not coming from the point or from the perspective of like, we know all things. It's the exact opposite. (laughs) Or sometimes you just need a freaking reminder, you know? So I I know I'm kind of rambling, but the collaborating with other PAs on some, some level, man, I I feel like there's like a strange stigma, stigma, stigma. (laughs) I feel like there's a weird stigma out there. Like you don't, you don't want to talk to other guys or gals or, you don't want to co-mingle too much because, you know, they're your competitors or they're this or they're that or I get all that, but it's really helpful to to have some some people around you. Hell, it's really helpful. I mean, you're in Texas, I'm in Maryland. We see different shit, but that's also why it's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we work in different markets and a lot of a lot of things that I see up here are in some ways helpful for you and vice versa. So again, I know I'm rambling, but I have a I just have a a deep sort of feeling and a lot of sentiments about PAs collaborating and for the third time. Unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of sort of shin kicking when it comes to this stuff. Well, I think that there's a couple of things that go on. I, I can I can be honest with you. I I think claim envy is something. I don't think it's serious, but I think it's something. Yes, yes, that's a thing. That's a thing. That's absolutely. I I think it's something. I don't think it should be something. (laughs) And I don't think the other thing should be something, but it's something. Um, (laughs) It's a thing, you know. Um, And and it's. I think claim envy is one of those is one of those things that we don't really want to talk about i think pride is another one we don't pick up the phone and go man i cannot get this you know they've approved they've approved 30 of 37 squares and i can't get the other seven squares of the one thing a pa should be able to do is get the other seven freaking squares roof and covered and if you can't do that why are you even in this you know what i mean and it's like you don't want to pick up the phone and go brent 
I got 30. I can't get the last seven squares. How do I make these guys do this? I've hit them with this policy thing, this statute thing, this bulletin thing. I've done everything I know to throw at them, and I can't get it covered. And we don't want to pick up the phone and say that to somebody. And when we, and we, and we yeah, were, you know what? It, so anyway, I, I'm going to stop just for a second. Kind of. Oh like, my god, I'm you are you, no, you are so you are so spot on. You are so spot on. You know, you are so spot on. Um, and it's it's so, dude. As soon as you said that, I'm sitting to myself like, you know, I don't want to pick up the phone and call fucking Jack Hanks on a residential claim and say, hey, Jack, I need your help. You know what I'm saying? This dude's on fucking commercial roofs all day. <laughs> I don't want to call him about my stupid claim. <laughs> you know He's what I mean? He's on the roof. He's on an airplane somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, the numbers and, and I say that, I say that out of pure, you said cl- claim envy, insecurity, whatever, you know. Like, yeah, I envy him. <laughs> you know, you'd be an asshole not to. <laughs> but, you know, it, like, it's, it's you know, I, you know, Matt, Matt Mahalan is, is like a freaking guru. You know, I don't want to call Matt about, you know, he's got more YouTube content on freaking shingles than I have time to watch in the next six months. I don't want to call him and tell him I can't get something approved. But look. All kidding aside, and I say that all of that out of nothing but respect and reverence. It's it's interesting because, like, you know, on on some level, you should feel confident because we've all freaking been there. And it has there is no if and or but. It has nothing to do with experience. It's just sometimes it's a brick wall. It just is. It doesn't really matter. And so, I I have learned. You know, as painful as it is to go ahead and make the phone call, and I, you know, and I, and I got to give Brent credit. Brent, Brent's always going to have my back. He's not going to expose me, and I would hope that you would have anybody that would that would allow you to be as transparent. You know, and if they're not, you know, give me a call and leave it on my voicemail. I don't have time to take all the phone calls, but you can call it up and leave it on my voicemail, and I will probably get you some response. And it's like, and it's never going to give you permission to give up. You know, so if that's if that's what you're calling right. is looking for permission to give up, you're not going to get that from me. You're not going to get that from Brent. I never call Brent for that. What I'm trying to do is what am I missing here? You know, and sometimes you're not missing anything and you just you just double down on everything that you've done. You reiterate everything that you've said. And if they don't want to do it, then ship it off to the attorney. If it's worth shipping it off to the attorney or chalk one up that it's like, look guys, I did the best I could. Here's my work product. Here's my proof of loss. All the proof I've sent, every argument I made, every phone conversation that I've had. This is why documentation is important. You can hand that work product over to your client and they won't expect any more out of you. You know, and and some of these things just have to be settled at at the court level, and there's just nothing we can do about that. Donna, how many claims did they file in the United States? Um, I don't have an exact number, but it says there's an estimated 70 million insured homes, and they uh, in 2022, one out of every 20 had a claim filed. One out of every 20. So that's five percent is that not right (laughs) 70 million 70 million divided by 20 
70, hold on, I'm, I got my calculator out, divided by 20, 3.5 million claims. So after that, we have determined that there are three and a half million claims, give or take. And as Brent said earlier, something stupid low, like 50,000. So that's three and a half million homeowners claims. That does not count the, the, the litany of claims that come in on the commercial side, that sort of thing that, that might have to be worked, those, those sorts of things. So this is three and a half million homeowner claims. And that is, I mean, Guys, there is no reason to not pick up the phone. There's, 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 there's no real claim envy. There's no, I, I, I wouldn't, la- I would not let that stop you. And don't let the pride get in front of you. If you, even if you have something that should be settled, you know, we're looking at three and a half million claims here a year. We'll never get to all of them. And even if you go with the current math that we only get to deal with about 13% of them, that's still, a ton of freaking claims. You know, that's 400,000 claims or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know how many you can handle, Brent, but, you know, if you do the math, 50,000 public. Oh, that was, yeah. Like, I, I don't even know how many, I don't even know how many claims I did last year. I could pull a right. report, but, you know, I ain't even scratching the surface <laughs> as it relates to, you know, just the, the, the number of property claims in Maryland. Right. You know and so I mean? that's like, why I'm saying it's like there's so many uh, claims out there and I am so you know? thankful for the I mean, I don't ha- ever have any trees fall on houses out here, Brent. It's super rare, super, super rare. And to have been able to work the claim that I got to work with you, I realized it was over the phone and I was looking at photographs, but getting to work that tree claim that <clears throat> the crack went all the way down into the basement from the top of the house, all the way down to the basement, right? Tree hits this thing. And, and for whatever reason, you know, the carrier, I mean, they, they cut the crack yep. in half and said, we're covering this part, but we're not covering this part. And it was the most ridiculous thing I had ever heard. So there we go. Um, collaborating with other adjusters is, 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 is awesome. Um, I highly recommend it. If you can get into like some kind of networking groups or even just the Facebook groups and, and peel it off into a direct message on Messenger or something like that, exchange some phone numbers and see if there's people that you like, you try, to our group. you like, you know, go to our Facebook group. There's, yeah, go to our Facebook group. There's lots of guys in there that are looking to help. Start so, a dialogue in there, please. So, absolutely. So and David doesn't feel the need to post. I, I, <laughs> David, you keep posting, buddy. <laughs> You keep posting. I like it. Um, um, anyway, Brett, that's kind of, that's, you know, we can start there, but as things grow and, and, uh, as things grow and progress, that kind of thing, it can, you can build relationships out of those places that can be very vital roles as it pertains to collaborating on claims and you don't feel all by yourself. And when you do feel kicked in the teeth, you know, it's nice to have that guy on the other end of the phone. It's like, dude, that could happen to anybody. It's nothing you did wrong. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I said this earlier. I think I wanted to, but we were moving at a blistering pace there. Um, you know, whether it's the guys that you see online all the time or or whatever, we've all been there. That thing 
that you're feeling, we've all been there. So again, it's like the worst question you, the the worst question is the one you don't ask. I hate that expression, but it's like, you know, and I realized that it can be a little bit daunting or uncomfortable or whatever, because you don't want to look like an idiot. You know, we all take a certain level of professional pride in what we do and our knowledge and this and that. But at the end of the day, there there's a lot of people out there. And last I checked, um, there is no real standard training for what we do. There are some great schools out there. We all know what they are. But at the end of the day, if you put a hundred public adjusters in the room and you present those public adjusters with the same loss, you're going to get 95 different answers. Period. So chatting it up with some of your industry folks and colleagues is just absolutely it's very helpful. Yeah. It's a good well, thing. To I do. mean, I, I, it, it really is good and don't and do not <laughs> discount that because I mean and it, as it pertains to the Facebook group we are absolutely there to help I am I am all over that thing as soon as it comes in I am watching it closely so if you guys have questions I I love answering them so um again yeah guys collaborate with each other and uh, we're gonna get into a little bit more collaboration we're gonna talk a little bit about support staff and support roles. Um, and, uh, round three starts right after this. The pain of the claim is looking for sponsors and we would love to promote a business that provides services or equipment to public adjusters, restoration companies, and roofing contractors and general contractors. Examples would be like safety gear, roofing related products, restoration equipment, payment services, CRMs, reporting services, expert services, anything like that. We want to help you tell your story and get you together with the people that really need your help. So give us a call we can we can get your name out there and we can grow with you round three collaborating with support staff brent you've got a couple of different people in your office you know that that work with you um and you have had kind of like different roles some that are more claim driven such as like estimators things like that that are more claim related and not so much administrative it's 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 more involved in what's going on and it's you it's really kind of your workflow or your crm that kind of directs how they go is is that right so that there's not a lot of individual direction every day on what's going on it's more of a machine kind of thing that's <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> you know, you have you have SOPs and you ideally your software stack f- facilitates your process or your standard operating procedures, so you come up with how you want the process to look sort of step by step and hopefully your your tech stack can can be a means to that end. Um as it relates to personnel, yeah, I have a few folks in the office and a few folks out of the office that um, are my backbone. Um, and the the way that, all right, so as it relates to claim-related activities, 
I kind of draw a line in the sand between, I call it the front end and the back end and then everything in the middle. And on the front end, the back end and everything in the middle, there's administrative heavy tasks and then there's claim driven tasks. And the way that I separate them is like, so an example of a claim driven task would be, you know, talking to an adjuster about, you know, hey, you told us two weeks ago you'd have your revised estimate. Where is it? Or we got to get an inspection scheduled or this company like like claim specific claim directives, claim tasks that are that administrative driven tasks. Again, this is by no means like accepted jargon by anyone other than me and my office, but administrative driven tasks are things like the check comes in, who's scanning it in, who's updating the CRM, who's logging it, who's taking it to the bank, who's scanning in the deposit slip. Like, so it's, of course that check is related to a claim, but that's not like a claim task. It doesn't make much sense. Again, this is not accepted jargon by anyone else. That's just sort of the line that I draw, though. When we get a 70, you know, 115 page freaking policy at the office via snail mail, who's scanning it in, who's getting it into the claim, updating the claim, and then sending an email to the appropriate public adjuster to let them know that we just received this policy for this particular claim, right? You've got claim tasks and then you've got administrative well, you, tasks. So so that is one set of support staff that Brent how Brent looks at things and how Brent operates his internal sort of workings. One of the things that we do and where I differ a little bit is is that I have got here in Texas where we have a ton of roof claims. You know, I mean, you could have your water heater break and everybody wants to inspect the roof. You know, it's like, let's make sure that water heater didn't mess the roof up. We got to get that roof claim in there, man. You know, I mean, anything that, I mean, you never know what happened. I mean, when that thing broke, it could have jostled the, the, the pop out of there. And we have a torn shingle that just continued ir- ir- unrepairable. So we've got to get up there and make sure that roof's okay. You know, I mean, we have so many roof claims. Like, it's unbelievable, you know, and it's like, <clears throat> it's like, And I get that that's like the fish complaining about it being wet. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, but in, in the world of so many roof claims, one of the things that I've done because the, because the, the task of inspecting this many roof claims is so daunting and physically draining in the Texas heat. Because remember, I mean, we're looking at roof claims in 98 degree weather in May. And so it gets really hot here and it's humid too. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a draining effort. And I use a guy by the name of Andrew Sullen and just big shout out to Andrew. No, you cannot have his contact information. No, I will not tell you how to get a hold of him. And no, I will not have him call you later. I won't even give him, give you his phone, give, give him your phone number. So don't even ask. Andrew is my guy. I am going to hang on to Andrew because he is my saving grace because that guy is one of the best field inspectors I have ever run across. And I've talked about Andrew before. And Andrew, if you're listening, man, I, 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 
not only can I not do this without you, I don't want to do this without you because he is one of those guys that I can go, go get me an inspection and I don't have to think about it. When he comes back and says, Jeremy, there's no hell on that roof. There's no hell on the roof. I don't have any problem with, with that. And so there is a level of trust that I think is really important when you have support staff that you know when whether it's Brent, try to figure out where our updated scope is, or Andrew, go up there and let me know if there's any hail damage on this roof. Those things, when you can walk out of the office and go do whatever it is that you have to do and realize all you're waiting on is an answer, and I don't even beat them up for an answer because I know once they have it, they're good, and they come back and tell me what the results are. That's what I'm talking about collaborating, and that's the kind of that's the kind of support staff that I want to develop within Remedy Claims itself. And and it doesn't even matter what it is that we're doing, whether we're doing public adjusting work, whether I'm doing, you know, I'm speaking or training or whatever the case may be. Those kinds of people in my world are are the backbone of what I do, without a doubt. I I had a meeting with my team today, and it's funny. Right before we got on the podcast you and I were talking about like the last two weeks, I felt like, I felt like someone went and left my business cards in like random businesses and people picked them up and called me. Cause I was, I've gotten referrals from some of the most unsuspecting places and claims coming in, you know, storm claims, water claims, pipe break claims, freaking fire. Uh, I got a vandalism claim today. Like all kinds of just random stuff. And um, I had a meeting with the team today and I'm like, look, I've been out of the office a lot, running from one side of town to the other. I think I signed like 10 claims in the last five business days or something like that. And I, and I just told them, the girls, I'm like, I'm getting that feeling where I'm losing my fucking mind. I just need you to make sure that, that we keep our ducks in a row we got to keep and i didn't even finish my sentence and and they looked at me and they're like we'll get them through the process and i'm like all right that's that's what i needed to hear so like you know i'll say this though jeremy that thing that you and i are talking about like collaborating with your support team and the people that allow us to go the people that allow us to do what we do it's hard it's hard to get there it's, it's, um, dude, the, the training, especially when you bring folks in, you know, if you bring someone into your world that doesn't have experience, it's hard, you know, um, I, I can't, I don't know that that can be overstated. It takes a lot of patience. If there's some advice or whatever, and what I'm saying, it's the patience piece, um, and no matter what you do, if you're a public adjuster or whatever, and you're bringing somebody into your realm, like realize that it's worth it. It's a requirement to grow, but it takes time. It takes time. Well, and that's the whole idea is that it does take time. It does take a little bit of a little bit of patience, but learn your job and the why behind we have you doing what we're do what what you're doing. That way you can make that handoff that much better. Yes. And, and there's, there's a degree, and this is something that I struggle with. 
where you're you're in the process of we'll just say training and there's a difference between giving the answer like this is the what and this is how you accomplish the what versus giving the why and you know kind of holistically approaching it because you you used the word nuance earlier there there is it's just a ton of nuance um and i always say every claim has its own sort of unique fingerprint if you will and so therefore dna yeah yeah dna and it's just kind of like you know when you're training folks whether it's admin support or estimating support whatever it is you know you, you, you got to take a step back and kind of explain the why. <laughs> and if you're not going to do that, just realize you're, you're, you're never going to be able to take the training wheels off. So again, that sounded True. a little preachy at the end, but it's hard. Like I struggle with it. It's freaking hard, man. It is really, well, it is and, a challenging undertaking. So. Well, and some, and sometimes like, even like when I was talking about, when I was talking about, I couldn't get the seven squares of shingles, you know, figured out and you call up and you talk to them and sometimes you lose sight of the why. And I, and I just want to bring this, I want to bring this up. Brent and I, you know, have, and, and I'm, what we had this conversation of who do we work for? Do we work for the contractor? You know what I mean? God love the contractors. I'm glad they're out there. They're incredible referral partners. But sometimes I found myself being driven by the contractor and I lost my why behind what it was that I was doing because I was working for a, an expected outcome for the contractor rather than helping the, 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 the insured prove their loss. You know, and, and I remember, and, and Brent and I had a very long kind of, you know, transparent heart to heart where we felt like that there were some times that we just were worried about the contractor. And I apologize for that. I really do. Um, not that I, I, I love the contractors out there. I'm, I, I want you as referral partners and I want to collaborate with you on many different levels. Um, but at the end of the day, I work for the homeowner and that's who I owe an explanation to, you know? Yes. <laughs> I don't um I don't have so much to well, to piggyback on that. Well guys, that is all the time that we have for today. Um I really enjoyed talking about all the different collaborating and and guys just remember you you're never going to achieve it all by yourself. So so make sure that you reach out and get help. I want to remind you about our Facebook page and where all the conversations happen. It is there to help you unpack claims. It is also there to ask um questions, whatever you got. And uh it's a great place to see some funny memes, I'm not gonna lie. And uh you're welcome. I just want to <laughs> remind you guys. Um, to go ahead and press like and subscribe. We want to know that you enjoyed the show. We want to know um, that um, that you're you're tuning in each and every week. And uh, so click that notification icon so that you're aware that we have a new show up. And um, guys, we just want uh, we just want to remind you: um, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Yes, we're coming up, don't even try to diminish it. I won't start it, but I damn sure will finish it.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. <laughs>